listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. Tonight, for our students particularly, but also for each one of us, our business people that are here tonight, directors of companies, employees, up-and-coming employees, who haven't I covered? It's everyone tonight. Every single person here tonight. But it's particularly to bring faith to those that are going to have hands laid on them for the exams they're about to write. Anointed for mental success. How many of you would like to have clearer thoughts? I mean, you wake up in the morning, Monday's coming tomorrow, and you know, you wake up sort of fresh, but by Wednesday you got a head full of cotton wool. And you know what I'm talking about. But you want to stay sharp. You want to keep thinking clearly. Family God, I'm telling you, we have the opportunity by God's word to stay clear thinking. The only reason we make mistakes is because of a lack of wisdom. Every mistake can be tracked back to a lack of wisdom. And that wisdom is in you right now. The Bible tells us very clearly that the Spirit of God is in us. Christ became for us wisdom. Amen. And that wisdom is what's going to get us to where we want to be. How do you know that if you... Let me ask you this. How do you fully believe that no matter what problem you have, Jesus has the solution? How do you realize that... I mean, you could be having one of the most biggest decisions that you need to make in your company today. Something's going to affect the entire future of your company. And you go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I've got two decisions. I can either go with A or go with B. What do you think? He says, man, that's just outside my expertise. Can you, can you imagine that coming from Jesus? No way. Have you realized he has the answer? So if he has the answer and we have him in our hearts, dear God, it's right here. The answer to your problem is right now sitting in that chair with you. The struggle you're going through right now is sitting in that chair with you. Isn't that right? How many of you that are studying for exams wouldn't mind the distinction? Let me see. And you think, man, that's just like, faith is fine, Pastor Allen, but sometimes some things are just outside your faith. <laughs> How many of you would like a distinction in your exams? Let me see. Come on, be honest. Of course you would. Amen. How many of you that have got companies would like your company to succeed? Sitting in that chair right now is the ability to get a distinction. Hello? Everything you need to know, everything you need to succeed in your business is sitting in that chair with you now. Now that can frustrate some people because they think, well, how do I get it out? Well, say, thank you, Jesus, for bringing me to church tonight. Tonight, we're going to find out that you are anointed, you saved, you you healed, you delivered, you are prosperous. There is so many areas and aspects to your salvation, but one of them is for an alert mind. For mental capacity beyond that which you even naturally are capable of. Do you know that, was it Isaac Newton that said that we use only less than 10% of our brain 
Well, that's understandable. If you understand back when, when Adam was in the Garden of Eden, he had a tremendous mind in him. You were created with abilities beyond what you are able to do today. If you don't believe that, you just need to look at what you are successfully capable of doing today compared to your grandparents. You look at kids today, I mean, they, they, they're playing a TV game while they're watching something and they're doing their homework. They've, they got multitask brains, you know, just do as much as they can. Isn't that right? You walk up to an ATM, you don't have a problem. Plug a car in, hit some buttons, out comes the cash. You got somebody that hasn't been, that didn't grow up with that technology, they don't know which button to press next. How many of you have heard your parents say, I don't even want to touch the computer, just now it breaks. Our minds are, are we, we're handling far more information today than we ever handled before. Isn't that right? So the mind is able to grow and grasp things far beyond what we even think is possible. When Adam was created, the Bible tells us that he named every creature. Adam named every creature. So in other words, he would walk through the garden and he'd come across this big thing and he'd say, now what should we call you? And he'd look at it and he'd decide, you, look, you definitely look like an elephant. Elephant works for you. When, when, I, when, when people say elephant, they'll see what I'm seeing right now. So we're going to call you an elephant. And so they, he would go through the garden and he would find a little bug. He'd say, you look just like a ladybird. And he'd name him Ladybird. And he'd go on and he'd carry on. And he'd go all the way through. Now, have you realized? There are so many species out there. He named them all. He didn't name a mouse an elephant. Because it looked like a mouse to him. So he called it mouse. But every single animal got a different name. And he remembered every name. And he never gave the same name to something else. Do you know how many different species of bugs there are? And he named them all. That's the mind he had. But then through the curse that was broken, that was destroyed. That was destroyed. And so we've been told we're no good, you're lazy, you're never going to make it in life, you're a failure. You get a distinction, give me a break. You stupid nincom, don't sit in the corner. Hello. The family of God, we're about to turn that around. Say this, I am anointed for mental success. Numbers chapter 13, now you need to understand where we are at this point in time of this, in this, this particular account. The children of Israel have been captive, thank you brother, in Egypt for hundreds of years. Slaves making bricks for Pharaoh. God tells Moses, go and get my people, take them out of Egypt. I have a land for them, a beautiful land. A land that is prosperous, a land that flows with milk and honey. A land where the grapes are too big to even carry. It's a land where you never have to slave again. The earth will just give you what you need. You never have to be slaves again. You will be the ones ruling in the land. 
I've set this land aside for you, you and your children. You're going to be blessed from now on out. You've slaved for hundreds of years, but from now on, you're going to enjoy your land. There is oil in the rocks. It's going to come flowing out. You will lack in nothing. It's yours. Now these children of Israel leave Egypt. They go through the Red Sea. They see with their own eyes the whole of Egypt destroyed in that flood as that water closes. I mean, that's not something that happens every day. To be perfectly honest, you know. They have to cross the sea and Moses hits his staff in the water and this water just opens. And they walk through on dry land with walls of water. Anyone seen a wall of water? Standing still. He walks through dry land watching the walls of water. They must have known God was there. Yeah? Saw it with their own eyes. Get out on the other side and the water closes. They saw it happen. They carry on through and next moment they're feeling hungry and they, and they need food and whatever. And they start griping and moaning and saying, you know, you brought us out in the desert just to die. And God blesses them with manna. He blesses them with water out of a rock in the middle of a desert. He blesses them with quail. Every time they need something, it's there. They see the pillar of smoke by day and the pillar of fire by night. There it is. God tangible. You can see Him leading them. And eventually they get to the land. Moan and complain all along the way. Fight and bicker about who's in charge and who's not. And where they should be going. But eventually they get there. They're now standing at the brink. They hated Egypt. They hated the desert. They hated the way things were in the desert. They, they just they could not stand it. Now they're standing at the brink of a promise. You now have your victory. You are here. You are ready to receive this awesome land. How many of you would think, praise Jesus. Thank you, God. I mean, you know, that desert was heavy, but we arrived. Now watch what happens. Verse 27. So what happens is Moses appoints 12 men. Twelve spies to go into the land, check it out, come back, tell us what it's like, and then we'll go in. They told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. And believe it or not, it really flows with milk and honey. Vrachis, what you told us was true. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless... Or in another vernacular, but the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Neites, the Ankalites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea and along the banks of Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well 
able to overcome it. We can do it. Let's go in. God promised it. Yeah, there are people, but we're going in. We're going to take it. Verse 31. Everyone says, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel an evil report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anna came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers. Now look at this. In our own sight. Underline that. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Family of God, there will always be giants wherever you go. When God says, I want you to go in there or do this, guaranteed you're going to find a giant. How many of you can testify to that? You're going to find giants everywhere you go. That giant may be uh, bad confessions that people have made over your life. That giant may be lack of your own personal skill and expertise. That giant may be problems that you run into you weren't expecting. There are things that are going to look too big. Yeah? yeah? But notice, Caleb is quite happy. He knows he can go in and take it. But the others say, the giants will stop us. But notice, they don't say the giants are big. They call us grasshoppers. No, they said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Say grasshopper mentality. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. They themselves thought those giants are going to step on us. And notice what they said. And what they said was, we see ourselves as giants and therefore, and so, they see us as grasshoppers. Say, people will always see you. Say, people will always see me the way I see myself. It's a fact. People will see you the way you see yourself. Why? The way you see yourself is how you dress yourself, how you carry yourself, how you act in front of people. And if you, have you ever noticed people that, if you, if you go in there, you're really sheepish and you feel all intimidated, people will treat you that way. They'll push you on the side. You look at someone, they come in, they're confident, they know who they are and they arrive. People look and they meet, sir, can you come sit down? There's a chair for you. Isn't that right? People see you the way you see yourself. And so if people see you the way you see yourself, and you don't like the way people are seeing you, change the way you see yourself. Does that make sense? And if you see yourself failing an exam, you failed. If you say, oh, I, I, you know, I, maths is just not my subject. Well, math's not your subject now. You just made it not your subject. Yeah? If you see yourself as a stupid, ignoramus, no good, guarantee the teacher will call you that. You need to change the way you are, the attitude you have about yourself. The way you see yourself is the way others will see you. Point number one, anointed for mental success. See yourself as a success going somewhere to happen. 
Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 23. Caleb said, we can do it. Joshua backed him up. The other ten said, we can't do it. Who was right? How many of you say Joshua and Caleb were right? Can I see your hand? Okay, put your hand down. How many of you say the ten were right? We can't do it and they don't go in. How many of you believe they were right? Question, how many of you believe Joshua and Caleb and the ten were right? They all, they both, what they saw was right. What Joshua and Caleb saw, they said, we can do it. They were the only two of that entire generation, that entire generation. All two million of them. Two million, three million. Theologians differ, but it's a lot of people. Any way you look at it. Two. You can't even work out the percentage of them. Point zero, 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 zero. Made it. Because they said we can do it. The rest went and died because they believed that evil report, the Bible called it. And their children got to go in. What you choose to believe, family, is what's going to happen in your life. Do you see yourself as a success? Do you see success as something that happens to other people? Now, everybody else always wins. How come everybody else succeeds? How come everyone else always gets the... the, the? No. Start seeing yourself as a success. Start seeing that distinction on your report. Start seeing it. Start seeing your business as a success. It's got to work. Why? God's hand is on it. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Say this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You live out what you think from day to day. What you meditate on, you become. If you think you're a failure, you'll live it out. You'll be a failure. If you start seeing yourself as a success, I don't care if you are failing miserably. I don't care if you're the best failure in the school. Start to see yourself as a success. Start to see yourself coming out of that. Start to see yourself as being a success. Start walking like a success. Amen? Start buckling up that blazer and the pants and the shirt. Tuck your shirt in. Pull up the tie. Hello, polish your shoes. Come, Vernon, preach. People often, you know, they, they, they look at the way I dress and they criticize it, but praise God, my bills are paid. And what's that got to do with the way you dress? I see myself as a success. Now, the way I dress may have not, it may not have directly paid the bills, but I walk and I keep myself according to the way I see myself within sight. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? But if I'm sloppy and lazy and I drag, my, my shirt's always out, my socks always down, and I'm, you know, I'm flopping around town, that's how I'm going to live my life. And then what happens is my, my work is that way as well. My work's sloppy. You know, you, you photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. And it lands up skewer and skewer and skewer. I've got a, 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 a 
page from one of the government departments the other day and you couldn't even read the thing. It was all skew, off the page, faded. And you know what I'm talking about? It's the little things. You see yourself as a success. Amen? Start walking that way. Start talking that way. Dress that way. And as you see that in your heart, you see yourself as a success. That's what will start manifesting. Then it starts showing up in your workplace. And then it starts showing up in your results. Amen? Come on, be honest yeah. Proverbs chapter 18. Look at verse 21. Read it out loud with me. Everybody there? It's just a few pages back. You don't have to go looking for the index. Just one, two, three pages. You're there. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Read it with me. Ready? Read. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's not even in God's hands. Did you hear that? Whether you live or whether you die is not even in God's hands. That just blew a couple of religious cows out the water. God giveth and God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No, you're quoting Job when he was at his lowest. Come on, somebody. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What you say happens. I don't agree with that. Keep, oh, keep reading the verse. Death and life, read with me, are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Those that hear that statement say, Praise God! will eat the fruit of it. Why? Because my future is not dictated by you anymore. My future is not dictated by my teacher anymore. My future is not dictated by my parents anymore. My future is not even dictated where I was born anymore. My, my future is not dictated by the color of my skin. The future is not dictated by my past. My future is in the power of my mouth. And I choose to make a difference from here on out. And I am a success. No one will stop me. God said it. I believe it. And so my future tomorrow is in this mouth. And the only one that can change what comes out of here is me. So call me what you want. Criticize what you want. Say what you want. But I love it. And I eat its fruit. Start saying you're a success. People start saying, oh, you're no good. Whoa, hang on. Child of God. I am a success. I'm God's creation. God doesn't make junk. Amen? And we need to start changing the way we see ourselves. Some people say, you know, if I had a different face or I didn't have this body or if I didn't have... Listen. God made you that way. Because that's what He liked. 
around. He knew where you were going. He knows your destiny. How many you believe you have a destiny? Let me see your hand. Now, all those that don't have their hands up, put your hands up with these people. We all have a destiny. Yeah? And God has equipped you. He knows where He's taking you. Your destiny is not the same as mine. God has a certain place He's taking me. So stop trying to walk like me. Stop trying to talk like me. Stop trying to look like me. You have a destiny that only you can fulfill. The face you have is perfectly shaped and designed by God because He knows that wherever you're going, that's what people are going to be looking for. But if you try to come where I'm going and try to use your face, that's why people don't like your face where I am. Because you don't belong there. Amen? Are you listening to me? Is this, this making sense to anybody? Your face, when you walk into your destiny, when you walk into your assignment and the person sees you, they're going to go, where have you been all my life? Because something will connect. And when you start speaking, just everything, your, the way you are, the way you speak, the sound of your voice, the color of your skin, the curl of your hair, all of that is perfect for your destination. Come on, somebody. You are destined for success. Start saying it. Start speaking it. Walk it. Dress it. Live it. Believe it in your heart. See it every day. See it. See yourself sitting down the exam and knowing all the answers. See yourself knowing. As you read a question, know the answer. Read a question, know the answer. Read it. See yourself as knowing the answers. The only thing that shuts the mind off the answers is panic. Are you listening? Don't panic. You know the answers. If you ever read a question and all of a sudden you don't know the answer, just relax. Just say, I know the answer. They will say, ah, sure you do. You've forgotten it. No, I know the answer. Don't panic. Just relax. Amen? Amen. Just keep calm. Say, don't say it too loud now you're in an exam. But just say, I know the answer to that. I'm a success. I studied this. I'm intelligent. I know the answer. Number one, see yourself as a success going somewhere to happen. Number two, turn with me to Joshua. Joshua, as you remember, was one of the two, Caleb and Joshua, that both agreed they could take this land. Joshua chapter 1, we see the appointment of Joshua after Moses has died. Moses also does not get to go into the promised land. But Joshua is the only one of the two, that he's the one of the two, those two are the only of the original that first came to the promised land. They've gone around in the desert for a whole nother 40 years. All the previous generations die, and the youngsters all grow up and they become now the new adults. Joshua is now appointed by God and told, you're going to take in the people. Now you realize the giants are still there. In fact, after 40 years, they're probably stronger than they were 40 years ago. They probably own more of the cities. The stronger giants have since conquered the weaker ones. 
So now you've got more strong giants. And so Joshua's going in, and he's preparing, and God's busy instructing him how to take this promised land. What happened here? Suddenly my sound dropped out. Joshua's about to go in and take the children of Israel and capture the promised land. Verse 7, God tells him, Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. No matter what problem you're about to go into, whether in your company, your business, your workplace, or you're about to enter into exam, never allow fear to stop you. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a? Say sound mind. No fear. When you're about to enter in that exam room and the nerves start fluttering and little butterflies go, take it captive. It says, no need for me to be nervous. I am fully prepared for this. Be strong. Be very courageous. You're about to enter a battle, but if God is for you, who can be against you? Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Now listen to verse 8. The book of the law, that's the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in a day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. How many of you want good success in your exams? How many of you want good success in your business, in your company, in your workplace? There's your answer. You want good success and you want to be very prosperous in it. Very prosperous. Having a distinction is very prosperous. You want to be a good success. Here's your key. Number two, allow the Word of God to go to work in you. Family, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 4, Jesus said that the Word of God is a seed. And that seed is sown in the soil of our hearts. And He says the whole kingdom of God is when a man sows a seed, he goes to sleep night, rises by day, he himself does not know how. But the seed itself produces the harvest. First the blade then the head, and then the grain in the head. And afterward, he puts in the sickle and reaps the harvest. You don't have to know why. You don't have to know how. Just get the Word of God in your hearts. Are you listening to me? Now, we've already discussed wisdom, and you can get that series. It's in the bookshop. I'm not going to go over it all again. But we discovered that if we want to succeed in life, we must study in the area that we want to prosper in. Yeah? When you're going into an exam room, you better spend time in that study. You take that subject out, and you read it, and you study it. But more important than that study is your reading the Word of God. As you're studying towards this exam, it's tempting to put the Bible aside in place of the physics book. Don't neglect your time in the Word of God. Are you listening to me? Monday morning is not the time to cram for the exam you're you're writing that afternoon. 
that time, that preparation time must take place ahead of time. The time preparation in your companies, your businesses, there you're studying all the time. But you get the Word of God in your heart. The Bible says if you take God's Word and you do it, you meditate in it, you speak the Word of God all the time, allow the Word. You don't know how, but that Word goes to work in you. And what happens is that Word starts living out of you. That Word starts producing the harvest you're looking for. That Word produces the wisdom. That Word produces the intelligence. That Word produces the clean mind. That mind that is centered on the things of God. That mind that does not look to the left or right. The Word of God keeps you from being distracted. Distractions will always lead you away from the success God wants you in. That distraction will, will diminish your productivity. Diminished productivity will diminish your attitude towards that business. The attitude, diminished attitude towards the business will eventually produce a depression. So how do I combat that? You find, family of God, people that are focused very seldom are depressed. Depression just doesn't have place. Why? They know where they're going. They focus. You can't distract them. Not left, not right. They know where they're going. And the Bible just told us the way you keep your eyes straight ahead of you is on the Word of God. You get up every morning and you spend time in the Word. And Jesus told His disciples the same thing. He said, pray, pray. Could you not wait with me for one hour? He says, pray that you may overcome the temptations. We go through life every day and we have these temptations that keep distracting us. How many times have you done something? I know for myself. I've done it as well. You do something and the moment you start doing you know it's wrong. Even when you're doing you know it's wrong. And even when you finished you know it was wrong. And then you kick yourself because you know you shouldn't have done it. And you know what I'm talking about. And Jesus said if you prayed, you could have overcome that thing. Why? Because you centered on God. If you're not spending time with God in the morning, you're heading out without a focus, without a direction. So when that temptation comes, before you know it, you're falling into it, and your mind's not centered on God. But when you've spent time reading His Word, praying, interceding, you are ripe, and you are prepared, and you are a harvest going somewhere to happen. And so when a distraction, a temptation comes your way, you're able to look that thing in the face and say, Get out of my way. I know where I'm going, and you're not going to stop me. Amen. There's a lot of distractions that will come your way to get you out of your study time, get you into up late at night, get you real nice and tired for that exam that you sit there trying to answer. Don't let yourself be distracted. Stay in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 4. Look at verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Give attention to the Word of God. Keep yourself on the Word of God. Keep your ears. Listen to the Word. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Read the Word of God. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those who find them. Amen. Family, God's Word, when we internalize it in our hearts, will always live itself out. I don't know how it works. God said it. We believe it. Psalm chapter 37. God's Word produces life. God's Word produces direction. God's Word produces success. 
Psalm chapter 37, look at verse 31. The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. Amen. When you got the word of God in your heart, every step you take is sure. Everything you do is purposed. Everything you do is in for there for a direction. Take, analyze your time very carefully. Make sure you're spending your time wisely. Especially today, there's all kinds of distractions. TV games, computer games, internet, everything. It's so easy when you sit down at that study desk. I don't know where you study, but wherever you sit down, make sure the TV games are put away. Make sure the computer's switched off. Because it's so easy. I'll learn this now, but just one quick game. I'll do this now, but I'll just read this magazine quickly. Yeah? Get the distractions away. Family, you've got the Word of God in you. Your, your step won't slide. I've got a purpose. I'm writing an exam in a week's time. This is where I'm going. I've got a reason to succeed. Amen? Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Where are you going? I'm going home to study. Oh, come on. Come, we're going for a jaw quickly. Come with us. I'm going home to study. Oh, weenie. Nerd. What, what nogal? What are the words they use today? Pussy. Loser. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in God's word he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted in the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Say, I'm looking for fruit. I'm looking for a pass. Amen. So I'm looking for a distinction. Now watch this. Whose leaf will not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Family, the world is designed to fail, and everything they do and say will encourage that failure. You want to succeed? Go with God's word. Psalm 119. Now, we're not going to read it. It just so happens to be it's the longest book, in the longest chapter in the Bible. But take it, Psalm 119, and go and meditate on it. There's scripture after scripture after scripture showing that when you stay on God's word, you'll prosper. You'll be blessed. So number two, allow God's word to go to work in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're moving on to point three now. Number one, see yourself as a success going somewhere to happen. Number two, allow the word of God to go to work in you. Allow the Word of God to go to work in you. Number three, protect the anointing. This leads on from what I've just shared with you. Protect the anointing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 16. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. What is Christ? It is a Greek word. What is its true English translation? The anointed one. 
and his anointing. Say this, I have the mind of the anointed one. The anointing, the anointing, say this with me students, you guys are writing the exams, not me. The anointing of Christ is on my mind. My mind is anointed. I have the very same mind that's in my Savior. The things He knows, I can know because of the anointing that illuminates my mind. When the anointing is on my mind, I think like God thinks. I think clearly. I think accurately. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. To those who are called, anyone called here this morning, this evening? To those who are called, brethren, I'm just jumping to a different verse. To those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, that's the anointed one, His anointing, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Say there, I have the anointed one, His anointing, the power of God and the wisdom of God. I have the wisdom of God. I know the solutions to my problems. I know the next step. Clearly, because the anointed one his wisdom gives me insight. This is rich stuff. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Of the Father, you are in Christ Jesus. How many of you are in Christ tonight? You're in the anointed one. You're in Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. Say that. Christ, the anointed one has become wisdom for me. Ephesians chapter 1. He has a tremendous prayer for you to pray. Verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray this prayer for you as partners every day, turning it into yours, that God may give to you the spirit of wisdom, but I also pray it over my own life. I pray the same prayer, putting my, life, my own name in there. So say this, I pray to God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that He gives to me the spirit of wisdom. Amen. Say, I have the spirit of wisdom. Family of God, protect that anointing. That anointing has been given to you to succeed. You're a success going somewhere to happen. God's given it to you. Internalize that. Make it real. See it in you. And protect that anointing. Now, in order to protect that anointing, come with me to Proverbs chapter 13. Point number four is, watch the company you keep. Watch the company you keep. And to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God he's talking about here? Enjoy the fruit of your labor. 
Sometimes these things seem hard. Sometimes they see we've got to put discipline in. How many recognize that discipline to create a habit sometimes is difficult? Anyone that's been on a diet knows this. Anyone that's promised to go to gym knows this. That discipline costs. To succeed, to win in life costs. To be better than the rest costs. I don't want to be average. Average is the first loser. Amen. 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 Average means you're the last winner and you're the first loser. Yeah? I don't want to be average. I want to succeed, but it's going to cost. Everyone else is average, it's mediocre. If you drift through life, you'll be average, yeah? But if you want to succeed, if you want to get beyond everybody else, it's not about walking on other people. That's something I, I really, I caught revelation of this the other day. Winning in life doesn't mean beating the other person. Winning in life is succeeding in what God's called you to do. And you can succeed and it's going to cost. But praise God, the fruit of that labor is God's gift to you. Amen. You're about to enter into a time that it's going to cost time, it's going to cost labor, it's going to cost studying, it's going to cost time that you could be doing something else in. But when you get that report, it's not just another piece of paper. I'll never forget my brother, when he went, uh, he was one of these guys that wanted to be on the sport field all the time and just never studied. And my mother kept bugging him, get your matric, get your matric, get your matric, get your matric. And he didn't want it. He said, I don't need a matric in life. I don't, you know, I don't need to have a matric. She said, get your matric. You're going to get your matric. Get your matric. And she forced him, got him off the sports field, got him in studying, got him studying. Get, and eventually he passed his exams. And he, and he qualified. He got his matric certificate. He succeeded. And he took it and he went to my mom and said, there, you wanted this so badly. Now you've got it. It's yours. Said, I didn't want it, you wanted it, there, you've got my matric, there you go, you've got it. And he walked away. Until a few months later, he came and says, Mom, have you got that matric certificate? I need it. Hello. Are you listening to me? The fruit of your labor. You'll find out you need it. And family of God, when you're applying, you, you know, every one of you young people, you're going to be going for jobs soon. Yeah? And the way the country is at the moment, they, they tell us that unemployment is rife. There are too many people. There are more people than jobs. Yeah? But with God's hand on you, and God's favor on you, and you put down that certificate that cost you, and they look at that and say, this is the type of person we're looking for. You've got the job. That's when you can say, hmm, Pastor Allen had something. Amen. Amen.